0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Follower. My name is Michael Brogna, and today we are going to be looking at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, as we're kind of heading into the home stretch at the end of this epistle, the final chapter of Paul's second letter to Timothy. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, the, the whole mission and goal of uh, these episodes is to help us to become better educated and equipped and also encouraged to be followers of Jesus Christ through the ups and downs of life, uh, one step at a time, one day at a time to the glory of God. So thanks again for tuning in. If you've got a Bible, again, we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 4, these first five verses, and let's get ready and uh, jump into God's word. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and just read these five verses in 2 Timothy chapter 4, these first five verses of this chapter. Paul, writing to Timothy again in the uh, power and the inspiration of God through the Holy Spirit, writes this. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, And by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. God, now give us ears to hear these words and apply them to our lives for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So these are some pretty heavy words that Paul now is communicating to his young disciple and what he calls his uh his son in the faith Timothy again keeping in mind that Paul who was in prison and as we're going to see as we continue on through the fourth chapter is well aware that his days are numbered here on earth and so he's he's really now coming to really his his final his final words, at least what we have in writing. And it's interesting here in verse 1 of chapter 4, he says this again, I charge you, Timothy. And then he says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. And it's an interesting word that he says, uh, this charge, he's giving Timothy a charge. Literally, it's it's like being charged with, uh, obviously this is a command, but it'd be like a courtroom scene where you're being charged with something, a crime, if you will. Timothy's not being charged with the crime, but it's of that magnitude where Paul brings in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. So this charge that Paul gives to Timothy, and now is says it's in the very presence of God and the judge. You're in front of the judge, Timothy. Jesus Christ, or as Paul says, Christ Jesus, putting Christ first, Messiah first, the Messiah, the Savior, the Anointed One. And so, Jesus, here we learn a couple things about Jesus. Uh, Obviously, he is the judge, and he is to judge the living and the dead, and that he will be appearing again. And so, Paul, uh, in essence, takes Timothy before the very throne of God, and before the judge of the living and the dead, Christ Jesus. And in verse 2, he he gives this charge. What is it that is so important that Paul has to give him this type of formal charge? Well, in verse 2, Paul says, Preach the word. Timothy is now given this formal command, this charge from Paul to preach the word. And that word preach, when we hear it now in the 21st century, probably what what comes to most of our minds is a picture of of a minister, a preacher, a pastor on a Sunday morning. It's a religious day it's a formal religious setting or gathering. And there's been uh, music that has been played and songs of praise and adoration that have been sung. And, and now uh, a spiritual leader is going to get up behind a pulpit and preach the word. And probably in the first century in this original context, that's probably not what Timothy would have thought or what Paul had in mind when he tells Timothy to preach the word. The word preach literally means to to give notice or to proclaim And in the New Testament, the idea of preaching isn't a sermon as much as it is evangelism. It is uh, sharing and spreading the good news, proclaiming the good news. Now, of course, that can happen in a religious setting by a religious leader uh, on a uh, religious day, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. And so right after this short break, we'll talk a little bit more about this word, preach. This word that Paul uses as he gives this charge to Timothy, preach the word. It is a word that is used frequently throughout the new Testament and just a couple quick cross references where we see, for instance, in Matthew chapter uh, four, verse 23, it says in he, he being Jesus, Jesus went throughout all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. That's that word that Paul uses. And here in Matthew chapter 4, it's translated in English as proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And also in Mark chapter 13 and in verse 10, Jesus himself says this. He says, and the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations And so this word proclaim to all nations that Jesus mentions, it's that idea of not a sermon, but a a proclamation uh, and more in the the line of evangelizing, proclaiming the good news, going to the nations and, and proclaiming Jesus Christ as Messiah, Jesus Christ crucified. Died, buried, risen, living, ascended into heaven, and now ruling at the right hand of God the Father. This Paul then goes on to tell Timothy that Timothy needs to be ready, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, he tells him in verse 2 of 2 Timothy 4. This is something Timothy better be prepared to do. Be ready, Timothy. And it's in season and out of season. The word, again, not, not to get too technical here with the Greek, but it's this word kairos, kind of a strategic time. And in season is the Greek word eukairos, and out of season is akairos. And the idea here is Paul telling Timothy, all right, Timothy, I'm charging you in the presence of God himself and of Jesus Christ, who's going to judge the living and the dead, preach the word, proclaim the gospel, and be ready, Timothy, to do this in season and out of season. I think what Paul is is doing is he's telling Timothy, look, this is an urgent, urgent matter, the proclamation of the gospel. So Timothy, you, you need to be prepared. You need to be ready when it is convenient or even when it is inconvenient in season or out of season, so again, a religious setting going into a church, proclaiming the good news to believers in a on a on a holy day like a Sunday. Okay, that would be convenient if you will. You have everyone there. To, they come on their own initiative. It's a religious setting. It's in season, but. Paul says to Timothy, but also be prepared to do it out of season in, a, in, if you will, a non-religious or an informal or a spontaneous setting. So that is why he is uh, given this sense of, of this urgent call and charge. Timothy, this is the gospel. This is the good news of Christ you need to be prepared, you need to be ready, be ready when it's convenient, when it is not. In season and out of season, you reprove, you rebuke, you exhort, and you do it with complete patience and with teaching, verse 2 says. Quite a command, quite a charge for the young Timothy to carry on this gospel of proclaiming the good news so timothy is again reminded that as he goes about this this ministry of preaching the word he he needs to be ready we need to be ready we need to be prepared we need to understand that there will be convenient times But there also be inconvenient times to uh, share the good news of Jesus Christ with those who need to hear. And just like Timothy, even though we're not Timothy, many of us, perhaps uh, most of us, uh, will never have the, the roles, the responsibilities that Timothy had in the first century church. But... We too, like Timothy, are followers of Jesus, and we are called to proclaim the good news and to prepare ourselves for whatever it is that God has called us to do in his kingdom work here on earth. And so these words are very uh, applicable to all of us as Christians, as disciples, as followers of Jesus Christ, especially these words Uh, at the end of verse 2, where where Paul says, you need to be patient. He says, do this with complete patience. And we need to be patient with people, and we need to uh, be patient with ourselves, and with uh, also God, uh, knowing that everyone's in a process, and uh, we are called to be faithful to God, to proclaim, and uh, how people respond, or the timing of their response, That is out of our control. And so Timothy is reminded to be patient as you preach and as you teach. He's going to need to be patient, as we will, because verse 3, Paul warns and reminds Timothy, he says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Verses three and four is a warning uh, where Paul says, Look, Timothy, a time is is coming where people are not going to want to listen to what you have to say. They're not going to want to receive sound teaching, and they're not going to be very warm towards the Christian message and Christian theology of which Jesus Christ is the center of that. And so what they'll do is they'll accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Interesting word, accumulate. Again, the idea of hoarding, surrounding yourself with something. And in this case, false teachers who are just going to say what the people want to hear to make them feel better. And Paul says, people will wander then away. They will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. The picture is of sheep, just stupid sheep, right? <laughs> being, being deceived and just kind of slowly wandering off to some place, being led astray by these false teachers and false shepherds. And so how is Timothy to respond and react to this? Well, in verse 5, Paul says, Timothy, as for you, you be sober-minded, You endure suffering, you do your work of an evangelist, and you fulfill your ministry. So once again, these words are very, uh, very practical for us. Just as they would have been for Timothy in his context, uh, we too uh, need to be uh, sober-minded. These things that, these qualities, these attributes that Paul is encouraging Timothy to be as he serves Jesus, uh, is are things that that we too need to need to follow and be and pray that we grow in these things, such as being patient and remaining sober-minded is a a great reminder. The idea there of being steady and well-balanced, knowing that people are not going to receive the gospel with open arms and open hearts and open minds all the time. Timothy would run into this, and so Paul just says, look, you know, you you need to stay sober, stay sober-minded. Don't get carried away with your emotions. And then, a theme that just keeps coming up over and over again in Second Timothy is the idea of enduring suffering. And not only in Timothy, Second uh, Timothy, but all throughout the pages of the New Testament, followers of Jesus are told that they will suffer and that we need to endure this suffering. Timothy needs to endure the suffering that he is going to experience and not let the persecution stop him, but to do the work of an evangelist. There's work. It's a labor, a labor of love. That we all have as we serve and work for the Lord. We stay sober-minded. We expect that we are going to suffer, but we continue to know that the good news that, that we possess, that's been given to us as a free gift, we now get to share with people, even if they don't want to receive it, and even if they turn around and persecute us. And so, Paul says, Fulfill your ministry, Timothy. Paul himself has fulfilled it, as we're going to see in the next episode. He has fulfilled his ministry, and now he is encouraging Timothy to finish his ministry that he's been given. Paul's ministry is coming to an end. Timothy is really now beginning to blossom and come into clear focus what he is called to do. And Paul says, just expect hardship, but continue to share the good news and fulfill your ministry. What a great five verses of God's Word that we've looked at in this episode, and, and I'm just going to pray for us, if, uh, if you don't mind, just a quick prayer, uh, asking the Lord to reinforce these things that, that we've been uh, confronted with in Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Heavenly Father, we ask for your help. And we pray, Lord, that you would grant us great patience and endurance and joy in our hearts, knowing that you have called us to be ready to preach the word in season, out of season, when we feel like it, when we don't, when it is convenient, when it isn't, knowing that we possess the great news of Jesus Christ in our hearts. Lord, thank you for your word. And thank you that we get to follow you, Jesus, each and every day. You are our good shepherd. And we gladly follow you through the ups and downs of life, one step at a time, one day at a time, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks again for taking uh, these uh, 25 minutes or whatever it's been to be encouraged in God's Word. Look forward to seeing you in the next episode as we uh, make our way through Second Timothy. My name is Michael Brogna, and I am a follower of Jesus Christ. God bless you. We'll see you next time.